This is so cool. Uh, about a month ago, Tina put out an email to the church and said, we have a single mom who needs a car. And so if you have a car you'd like to donate, we would love to give that to her. And another person said, you know, I don't have a car, but I have $5,000. And I would like to donate that so that this lady could get a car. And so I've been looking ever since she donated the money. I'm like, okay, I got to find a car and I got to get her a great car. You know, I went and looked at some like, I wouldn't buy this car. So I'm certainly not buying it for her. And on Thursday last week, I had been looking and uh, I've I've been trying to finish some stuff up because of of some things that we've got going on. I'm going to talk about in the message. And on Thursday, I spent about three hours trying to find a car. Couldn't find one. Every time I'd find a good car over the last month, it'd be gone in the middle of, you know, just middle hours. It's gone. And so uh, as I was leaving the office about six o'clock, I I felt like just kind of prompted, you know, look again. And so I went on Craigslist and I looked and a car had just gotten posted and I called this person and uh, she said, you know what, I'm selling this for my neighbor. She's retired. She's not able to do this kind of stuff anymore. Her and her husband don't use this car. In fact, they hardly ever use a period. And uh, this is the price and they'd like to do that. So I told her the story and she said, you know what? I think that she might want that lady to have that car for that price. And I said, well, let's ask her. And she asked, and the lady said, yes. I said, I'm on my way. And uh, this little cream puff car is, it, they had it detailed. They had the oil change. They gave her the tire chains. They, I have, a, I have a, a, a receipt folder of all the maintenance on the car. Like, it's just like the, like the little old lady from Pasadena kind of story. And I mean, I was so excited to go get this car. And we gave it to this mom. And not only is she single, uh, she's a lady that has a past. If you have a past here, you're sitting next to a bunch of people who have a past. And uh, we're, we are basically, we call ourselves a mosaic of God's grace, a bunch of broken people that God's put together for his glory. And so this single mom's got a pass, and so we're so glad she's part of our church. And she has a daughter with cystic fibrosis, so the reason she needs the car is because she has to go down to uh, children's all the time. And we delivered the car. Check this out. Hey, here's a new car. What? It's your new car. What do you think? Come on, girl. You're going to love I this. Wasn't even expecting that. I didn't know why. I was expecting you to do that. Are you serious? Come on down. Get off the car. Huh? This is a cream puff. Uh, you got this thing is a cream pie. Oh, it is beautiful. What do you think? I love it. It is beautiful. I'm so glad you do. Oh my gosh. Whoever you are, you are an angel and I take you. Oh my goodness. It is beautiful. Do you like your new car, Nevaeh? Yeah. Yeah? We, we, oh my goodness. Crystal actually has a car. I know, isn't it nice? Yeah, I also want to thank you guys so much for donating money so we could actually get this car. And it's, it's a huge help because not only are you donating to a single mom, but you're also donating to a child with cystic fibrosis. So this is extra. So now I can get her down to and from her hospital appointments without all that trouble. Ah, it's so cool. 
Uh, if that doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what's going to. Uh, that was such a cool moment. You guys are the most generous church. I just got to tell you that. You know, just like you put an email out and boom, it happens. And it, on Thursday, there's over 100 boxes of food that came in and went out during the day. Like it just, you guys are amazing. And it's so much fun to be a part of this church. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about a four-letter word uh, that uh, is actually a four-letter word. And uh, it's uh, not what you're thinking. It's actually a commandment that I break. Uh, far too often. So I'm confessing. I think there's times where I should be able to take the platform away and I should sit below you guys and look up because I am not preaching down in any way. I break this commandment all the time. I should not break this commandment. It's a very serious commandment. And the reason why I say it's a very serious commandment, because if you were to give your kids the top 10 things you want them to do or not to do, and you wanted to special emphasize one of them, how would you do it? You probably have more words, right? Like be, there, you, would, you would really elaborate on what it is you're going to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about what God says in the Ten Commandments today. We're going to talk about one in particular. I think you'll pick it out. I'm going to read them in order there in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, the first commandment is, you must not have any other God but me. The second commandment is the second longest as well. It's, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Number three, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Number four, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Number five, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Number six, you must not murder. Number seven, you must not commit adultery. Number eight, you must not steal. Number nine, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. And number ten, you must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. So the longest commandment, the one he elaborates in detail on the most, uh-huh, Sabbath. Second, idols. In America, our idols, we usually don't like make a little god and put it up on our mantle and worship it. Um, we usually wax our, our little idols that we have. And uh, we, you know, mow their yard and we paint them and do nice things for them um, because they are very important to us. The two longest commandments are actually connected. And I want to talk about this idea of Sabbath. Now, the, the Hebrew word for Sabbath actually means rest. That's what it just means. That, that, that's what it just simply put. It means to rest. Now, there are professions that are out there that require you to work seven days a week. 
Uh, there are professions that are often interrupted when you're supposed to be resting. Um, professions like doctors, if you do surgery on Thursday and you are off on Friday and that person needs you to check up on them, you are going in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, whatever they need. Lawyers, uh, professors, teachers, they work round the clock. I have friends that are teachers. My two daughters want to become teachers. They're grading papers. they got all kinds of stuff going on all the time. I see them working on the weekend. Um, so it's, it's a very big deal. Uh, CEOs, upper management. Uh, how about Boeing employees? Yeah. Uh, professors, college coaches, pastors, and others. There's a lot of professions where they expect you to be on as often as you can possibly be on. Now, in the Bible, we see a sabbatical rest. It's first in Leviticus 25. It says, But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. It's actually a, a complete rest for the farmer. Uh, they, I'm sure they have to do some things around their farm, but they're not doing the big whole you know, harvest thing. And it's a rest for the land. Uh, during that seventh year, they would have a break. As early as 1599, some professions, they started to see these people need a sabbatical break. They're going to need a time to decompress. And when I first began in ministry, this was never heard of for pastors. It was back 30 years ago, no way. But now it's becoming commonplace, and it's because of all the research. See, they started to ask, why do we see every year pastors. It's national, international. Pastors, moral failure, addiction, um, whatever. Their family falls apart. Why do we keep seeing that? And they started to look at it and they're like, you know, here's one of the reasons. They're being depleted of the very thing that they need the most. And they've said, hey, listen, you know what? There is a sabbatical rest of, of, at seven years. Um, this is pretty commonplace in lots of professions. They move from three months, a month, three months, to even a year-long sabbatical in some places. And when, when you know that you're in need of this stuff is when you have like your energy level low, your zest for life low, your excitement low, your clarity is, is clouded, and, and you just kind of feel kind of you cry a little easier than you normally would. Here's what they've recognized. When you're working all the time, you are depleting energy. When you're depleting energy and exerting energy, there's something in your brain that is actually running out. It's called serotonin. Serotonin is a wonderful chemical that makes you, our, our hormone that makes you feel alive. It makes you feel happy. It makes you feel clear. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. When serotonin gets lower, you can run on a backup system. It's called the adrenal glands, adrenaline. You can run on adrenaline in short bursts, like pretty often. Like if you have to do it really quick and then it, you exert and you're done. But you can also run on adrenaline for a long period of time. It's a little less of amount of adrenaline, but it's a constant and it's like you're just kind of on. And you can run on this for quite a while, but it also runs out. When it bottoms out, you've ran out of serotonin, you've ran out of adrenaline. Now you are like, even things that I used to love, things that used to hit the button for me that was exciting, no longer excite me. 
In fact, they've, they've found professionals, even pastors. Wayne Cadero wrote a book called Leading on Empty. Great book. Uh, wonderful pastor guy. They found Wayne on the corner of a curb in Hawaii. They, his his, his, uh, his uh, campus is in Hawaii. He didn't know how he got there. He didn't know how long he had been there. The staff said hours. He was, control, he was crying uncontrollably and didn't know what, how, how to, what he'd do. No moral failure, no like big scandal, just exhausted. This is happening all over the place. Do you know what Americans do when our serotonin level drops and our adrenaline runs out? We caffeinate ourselves. That's what we do. Um, the people who need three cups of coffee a day, five cups of coffee a day, Red Bull, all that kind of stuff, a lot of times it's because they're just exhausted. If caffeine doesn't work, we'll turn to medicine, we'll turn to food, we'll turn to other drugs, we'll turn to sex, something to return that a little bit of, I can, I'm functioning okay, I'm happy again. Pastors used to be overlooked in this thing because they, you'd think, well, pastors work at church. I mean, church, everybody gets along at church. It's the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, like, I mean, pastors live in this wonderful world. In fact, pastors used to be considered low risk for insurance, medical insurance. Now we're high risk because of the stress. And so the, the research has just really shown overwhelmingly, and just across denominations are saying, you got to give your pastor a break. You need to give these guys a break because, like, this weekend, they're working. They're not taking the three-day weekend. They're working. Uh, Fourth of July, same thing. Father's Day, same thing. Uh, Christmas, they work. Uh, Easter, they work. Um, they're often interrupted. And it, it's amazing that they're seeing in the last 10 years, as these sabbatical rests are happening, pastors are lasting longer in the churches that they serve in. Well, 2020 was... Ugh. Uh, of a year, um, work far more uh, than normal, and just a lot of issues with all kinds of stress. And I'm in my 13th year here. So I've been here 13 years. I love our church. I love you. I have plans for the future, and I'm looking forward to it. And after this year, in fact, when we hired Ryan Gano, our executive pastor, who's also served on the board for many years, now he's not on the board because he's a pastor, he said, you need your sabbatical now right now. You know, he's like, you need, like, I know it's supposed to be next year. Anytime next year, it starts in August or October is when we have our anniversary. He's like, but you need it now. And I'm talking to the board and the board's saying, you need it now. Okay. So you need to take it now. So Tina and I are actually going to be on sabbatical for June, July, and August. Sorry. It's getting so fun around here right now. This year sucked, and now it's getting fun. Like, our, our, our staff is fun, and, and we have so much vision for the future, but we need a break. And so I'm so grateful for a church that would say, you know what, your health is more important. Um, physically, spiritually, emotionally, you got to get recharged. And so we've got plans for the summer. Uh, I'll talk about that. One of the things we're going to do is go to a, a retreat center that's for pastors. And we're doing that at the end of June. There'll be some counseling there. Um, and it's not because we're doing bad. We're actually doing pretty good. We just 
could like, let's go unpack whatever we need to unpack. Let's get ready for another season, another seven-year run. Uh, let's get ready to do this. And so we're going to be doing that. And I don't want to talk about the sabbatical for a pastor the rest of this sermon. I want to talk about something that all of us need to hear. And it's something that we all need to really look at. And it's that four-letter word, R-E-S-T. Not R-E-S-P-E-C-T, R-E-S-T. What do you think when you hear the word rest? I, I think a lot of people are like going, yeah, right. Or people go, hey, when I finish, just fill in the blank, when I finish, then I'm going to rest. Uh, I said that last time and the time before and the time before and the time. There's always, right? There's always something that you're going to need. Maybe you're thinking, I have responsibilities here. You don't understand. I have responsibilities. And, and we do. Uh, maybe you're thinking, rest for wimps. Lazy people. In fact, in the gym in high school, we had in our weight room, it says, to rest is to rust. That's ingrained in me. To rest is to rust. You know, the coach would say that when you're working out. To rest is to rust. Get going. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, actually, I think it's a godly virtue. Like, God would do that. If you're thinking that, you're right. Genesis 2. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. He worked hard for six days and then he rested. This is not lazy. It's not slothful. It's godly for you and I to rest. In fact, God says you're going to rest one day every week. They've done tons of research on this. They actually found that people produce more and are sharper and better if they actually have two days off a week. And in America, we just keep running. We started the whole thing, and now it's just like we just run, and we run, and we run. Do you remember the days? I'm going to see how old you are right now. Do you remember the days when they told us, when you have a computer, you are going to have so much extra time? Remember what they would say? They, they would. They would go, man, when ev these are going to be on everybody's, everybody's houses. And when Americans get computers, you will, you will get your work done in half the time, maybe even a third of the time. Well, there was some truth to that. See, I was a, a youth pastor in 1990, and I was so excited to get the Mac LC. It was the low-cost color, low-cost meaning $3,000 with the printer. And I was so excited, the thing hardly did anything but word processing when you bought it, but it did my papers. I was so excited, I got this computer, I got it at home, but there was not a word processor thing yet that would actually make it really an easy for everyone to use. So we were doing what's called a newsletter. A newsletter is like an email or uh, a post on social media. And youth pastors would put these out because it's the only way the families and the kids would know what you're gonna do for the next month. And so it would take me a week to do a newsletter. A week. Here's why. Right? Like, you didn't want to just send out a bunch of words. You wanted to put, like, if you're going to do, like, a beach day, you're going to put, like, a picture of a surfer. Wouldn't it be cool to have a surfer right there? You know what I mean? That'd be awesome. And so you get your word processor, and you, you box out a little space, and your typing goes around it. And then you go to your clip art book, which we would share. 
with other youth pastors, and they were expensive, so we had these big books of clip art. They're pictures. They're black and white, okay? And you would go, and you go, okay, there's my surfer. You go to the copy machine, and you make a photocopy of that page. Then you go, clip it out. You cut it out perfectly. And then you paste it onto the page, and then you photocopy that page, and then you found out you made a spelling error, and then you do it again. And then if you're me, you have punctuation errors and you do it again. Uh, and you do this until you get it right. And, and a, a week would go by and my newsletter would go out. Now we're ready to use ministry. When I got the, the whole computer thing down, I could do it in an afternoon, if not just one day. So five days a week down to one day. And I had so much time, I just played all the time. No. No. We, none of us do that, right? With increased... Pro, you know, productivity, what do you have? An increase of revenue. When Americans get more money, what do they do? They borrow even more so they can spend even more. Right? I mean, most, that's, that's the, kind of the way we do it. And so if you have an increase of revenue, you can increase your stuff. Our houses are huge. Huge compared to what they used to be. Our cars tell you when the tire's going flat. How aloof do you have to be to not know that? Like, I mean, like, they're, they're so incredibly comfortable. And we, we do elaborate vacations and all kinds of toys. Why? Because we can produce more. We are so easily seduced for more. I remember when uh, Tina said to me, Matt, I don't care what you have, just don't buy it on credit. If you want a boat, just pay cash. You want a new truck, pay cash. I don't care, just pay cash. You know what that made me do? Work more. That's what it made me do. I mean, just change my prayer life and work more. And so instead of all the debt stuff, I would just do more work. Well, the problem with being a pastor is you don't get paid more when you work more. You, that's just part of the job. And so I would do something on the side. And what am I doing? I am chasing the next thing. And, and, and some of it's the responsibility stuff. Some of it's really good stuff. It's all really, I mean, God give us stuff for enjoyment. I'm not knocking stuff. But there is a seduction to it. And, and the more that we have, the more we have to maintain. In fact, we have so much stuff, we really don't even have time a lot of times to use it, which is why storage units are such a big deal in America. We literally, we have so much stuff that we pay to store it, and then we forget what's even in there. And then people abandon them, and then somebody comes along and buys the whole lot. Like, I mean, it's, just, it's a really weird deal. From a mathematical analogy, this is purely mathematical, okay? If God created everything you see in six days, follow me here, okay? Look out on the Hubble telescope, and as far as you can see, that's what God made in six days. You are only seeing 85.7% of what he could have done if you worked seven. I mean, if God would have worked the seventh day, there would be 14.3% more. And that's our problem. We know we can get 14.3% more if we just work more. But God rested. Why should we rest? Well, we rest one day to stay sharp for the following six days. That's why we rest. We rest one day to stay sharp for the following six days. God knows that we are easily seduced by this stuff. So he says, I'm going to rest. I'm going to lead by example. I want you to rest. 
And we're chasing after this, this elusive stuff because we just can't stand not having more. We literally are in a crisis in America. Suicide, high. Depression, high. Medication, really high. Why? I think that we're running on a serotonin shortage. I think we're running out of gas. Many people feel foggy in their thinking. They have low energy. They cry easy. They don't know why they're so tired all the time. A lot of it could just simply be we don't rest. That email that goes off, that text that happens, that flash on Facebook, that whatever, it's just we're constantly up here. We're just constantly running like this. It's wearing us out. The word Sabbath means to rest. God, God's not looking for a religious order. He wants us to rest. It's, the rest is for us. My mom says it to me all the time because she loves me. She goes, Matthew, take a rest. Matthew, take a day off. Matthew, slow down. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. I, I get it. I mean, but she's right. She's right. I'm just running. And I, I just, I want, the, I, wanted, I want to provide for my family. I want to have all that fun as a family. I want to help the kids in college. I want to get a new thing. I got all this stuff that I want to do. And God is saying, rest. The number seven in the Bible is a very significant number. Do you realize that God says you're going to rest on the seventh day every week? They also celebrated seven festivals a year. Many of the festivals was a whole week off. Seven of them a year. Anybody even enjoy Christmas anymore? The birth of our Lord and Savior? That, that's what Christmas is, by the way. It's not gifts. It's, it's the birth of Jesus. Like, I mean, we've forgotten. After seven, seven years of, of the, the rest for the land, the Sabbath rest for the land, after seven in the 49th year, when it turns the 50th year, they called it the year of Jubilee, and everything was supposed to go back to the original owners, and all debt would be canceled, and all of the slaves would be set free. In the year of Jubilee, do you know there's no record that they ever did it? The seduction is out there for all of us. The early Christians prayed morning, midday, and evening. It was called the daily office. They actually had white space in their day. They'd take a break, and they would pray. And we run at this pace. Do you know they catch monkeys in Africa, little monkeys? They put, I'm not kidding, they put a nut in a jar, and the jar is an opening that's just big enough for their hand to get through it, and they grab the nut, and they're caught because they won't let go of the nut. When I was young, I would ask, I wonder if I could ever have that. I wonder if I could ever afford that. Maybe we need to change our question because I can, should I? 
not morally or ethically, I mean, is it really going to help my life? Like, is that going to make my life better? I like applications, so how about if we, how about if we have some application for this message? Anybody want to try an experiment for a month? I'm going to give you one, and, and I hope you try it. Here it is. It's, it's a three-part deal. First, take at least one day off every week, and don't work. Don't mow your yard, don't paint the house, don't start a new project, don't work. You'll go crazy, I guarantee you. Try it for a month. Number two, schedule three times a day where you have white space. You can pray or you can just say, Lord, will you direct my steps? Will you direct my thoughts? God, will you just, and just, just literally white space three times a day for five minutes, schedule it. It'll be amazing. Number three, start asking the question, should I? On our sabbatical, you said, one of the ways I, I make extra money is I'll flip a house. I'll do it uh, once a year or once every 18 months-ish. And when you do it, you're just on all the time. And uh, I have a house now. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to sell our big, beautiful home that the Lord gave us. It's a gift from Him. And we're going to pay everything off and move into the little house that we're doing. It's not even that little, really. It's littler than what we have. And everything will be paid for. It won't be as nice, but it's a life adjustment. So I think, I think some of us need a life adjustment and recognize that we're just stuck. I'm, I'm 52, and I used to be able to play on my day off if I took one. And now I'm tired. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. What happened to my energy? I wonder if we should ask, should I? If you would like a devotional on rest this month, we'll send you a text every single day. If you text the word, get your phone out, text the word rest to 360-685-1845. That's our text in church number. Everything goes through this number now. 360-685-1845. And you will get a little buzz every day with a scripture or a thought about rest. Just rest. Now, Ryan said to me, you know, Matt, after you preach this message, uh, I think it'd be really cool if the board members who are there that day and I would come up and pray over you and Tina as you take a rest. And I want to ask them to do that. They're going to come up and they're going to pray for us. But I also want to ask them to pray for you. Are you resting? Do you need to make some adjustments? Last week we talked about money and those of you who've been praying over this, I said last week, hey, don't give because of like you're, you're feeling compelled. Give because you pray and you think. If you've prayed and you thought about it and you're like, this is your church and this is where you give your tithes and your offerings, the way you do it is on the screen. You can do it by texting to give. You can go online and do it. You can do it on the way out the door. You can send in a check. If you're new here, thanks for being here. You don't need to feel like you have to give. We're so glad you came. We have a gift for you. Please get it out in the lobby. Um, but these guys are gonna come. We're gonna close in prayer. And uh, we're going to sing you guys out here. I'm going to do a little shuffle up here so you can get in and I can move out. And uh, Ryan, it's all yours. I'm going to shut my mic off now.
All right. Uh, you guys, one of the things that Matt and I have been talking about just briefly is uh, FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And he and Tina are struggling with that because we do see the church going great. We, we're not holding down the fort, Matt and Tina. I'm just letting you know that. We are taking ground, and we're a part of that. You're a part of that. So as you pray for Matt and Tina this week, this month, this next three months, can you pray that they don't struggle with fear of missing out, that they really get the rest there? And uh, when they ask you, because they will, if they see you in the supermarket, they'll ask you, tell them, good. That's the only word you're allowed to say, good. All right, let's pray. God, we just lift up Matt and Tina to you right now. Lord, I thank you that you have blessed our church with such awesome leadership. And God, I pray that as, this, as they take this next three months to rest and get rejuvenated, Lord God, that you would bless their marriage, you would bless them personally, you would bless Life Church 360. God, we thank you for helping all of us to remember to rest. In Jesus' name, amen.